Hey, Curtis, what are we watching this week? Hey, guys, this week we're watching Universal's Dracula plus Body Heat meets the 1983 <laughs> TV series Manimal. We're watching Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> I didn't see you going there, manimal. <laughs> Welcome back, listeners. We're back for another week of Let's Talk About Flicks, the weekly podcast where we visit a theme. We each go back and forth bringing a movie to the theme. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Oz. And I'm Curtis. And we are kicking off February with Wife's Choice. Uh, February being the month of romance. Ooh la la. We uh, are our better halves, um, you know, was an idea from them even that, hey, why don't you let us pick your your movies this month? So we uh, we did. We went with romance movies for February that our wives picked. So uh, we are kicking off the month with your pick, actually. Yep. Or well, or, or your or wife's pick. Melissa's pick, Mel- to be more Melissa's specific. Pick. Yes. 1992's Francis Ford Coppola produced and directed Bram Stoker's Dracula. As <laughs> the listeners might deduce, especially after uh, my, my next edition or hers in two weeks, <laughs> my, right. wife, my wife likes her romance movies to be aggressive. <laughs> very, very, very aggressive, aggressive romance movies <laughs> like borderline torturous yes yes <laughs> which really i would say defines our relationship in a lot of ways I was gonna say, you, know, you wouldn't have to scratch too far below the surface to find what really keeps you guys glued together mm, yeah aggressive romance <laughs> body heat yep <laughs> So we've got we've got Dracula, uh, the classic age-old tale of tortured soul. Yes. Um, and who who, who is a romantic at heart? He very is. much so. Yes. Very much so. Um, I think this definitely uh, it's a it's a perfect entry into into definitely our romance month, but also really satisfying. I know one of my favorite aspects of film is is the horror genre. Um, you know. I, I get a vibe that over the years it's become less of a tentpole of your cinema uh, circus, but it definitely is is uh, front and center in mine. I do love a good. I I, I won't even say a good horror film. I just love a horror film. Um, I can find interesting qualities and enjoyability in just about all of them. There are a few that I've that I have watched that I just either they're too much for me or just. Whatever, but I do admire the uh, I, I admire the genre of horror um, because it it gives the vibe that anybody can do it. Um, you know, we have both seen in our you know in, in our upbringings, um, you know, just great pieces of extremely low budget horror that's you know, very effective. Mm-hmm. And then you've got something like this, which yeah. um, the budget I didn't even I didn't even look at, but it doesn't matter because it's all there on screen. Yeah. I mean, this is a this is a gorgeous film, a, a it's a very romantic film, and the horror really is secondary, um, you know, to the storyline. But it is it's it's a it's a genre that's always seems to be very successful. It doesn't matter your star power or your budget if you can deliver a scare, it works. And this happens to have the star power and the budget. Um, yeah, and it is. It's a it's, it's well, a great film. I mean, it's it's a genre film, 
It's a fancy mm-hmm. genre film, but it is a genre Very. film. You know, and then any genre film, you know, you you're eliciting some kind of reaction from the audience. You know, with comedy, you know, you want to you want to make people laugh. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with with horror, you know, you want to you want to make people you want to scare people or you want to dis- yeah. disturb people and and this uncomfortable. Th- yes, and this movie succeeds in that. Yeah. Yeah. But not losing its overall romantic side, which yes. is why it's a selection for this month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a um, it's a it's a tricky balance that Coppola Coppola has here. He walks that line oh, yeah. between not you know not losing the romance with the horror, uh, or even the other way around as well. Right, right. Yeah, you're definitely not turned off of the love story mm-hmm. because of the amount of blood in the movie, and there is a lot of it. Yep. <laughs> so. so Oz, who uh, who are our characters in Bram Stoker's right, we, Dracula? Well, in Bram Stoker's Dracula, we obviously have Dracula played by Commissioner Gordon. Uh, Gary Oldman. Um, it was funny. We were watching it last night, Jenny and I, and and of course, Dracula. And this was early on when he was still an old man makeup. And I go, you know who that actor is, don't you? Um, and she goes, he looks familiar. I go, it's uh, my wife's a huge Friends fan, and I go, that that's the actor that um, Joey that spit in Joey's face on when they were when they're acting. And she goes, oh, okay, really? She goes, I thought it looked like. Uh, the commissioner in the Batman movies. I'm like, oh, <laughs> well, you're not wrong. I go, I go, same guy. And she goes, oh, okay. I didn't put that together. So yeah, Gary Oldman um, playing, you know, easily in my opinion, at least one of his top roles. Uh, he's an amazing actor by any right, but you know, you've, you, I think every actor in their filmography has roles that stick out. Those are the ones that tend to show up in the top of your IMDb Excuse me. They get the poster art. <laughs> yep. Under the featured films, and I think this is definitely one of them for him. And really, also for Gary Oldman, kind of kicked off that. Uh, you know, he was a leading bad guy for a long time, mm-hmm. especially oh, in the nineties. Oh, for 90s. a long time. You know, Dracula, yeah, Sid Nancy, yep. The Tr- Professional, True Romance. Yep. Uh, Air Force One. Oh yeah, I forgot mm-hmm. the Air Force One. But yes, yeah, so, uh, so yeah, this is you know it it is he was he was excellent in this movie. We also have Mina played mm-hmm. by uh, Winona Ryder. Um, she is the fiance of our next character, Jonathan Harker, played by Keanu Reeves. Whoa! Uh, but but she's also the long lost love incarnate of of Dracula. Um, you know his his bride way 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 back mm-hmm. four hundred four hundred years ago of the time of this film. Uh, you know it was Winona Ryder playing another character, but it was uh, you know it was his it was his bride that uh, committed suicide when. Thought she, or when she thought he had he had been killed, uh, but you'll we'll get to that in the plot. We have Anthony Hopkins playing Van Helsing. Oh, and really he and he Hopkins. really Van Helsing's the you know what out of this role. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> uh, you know he, he he he. I think he chews as much scenery as Dracula ch- eats next. Uh, <laughs> well said. He, he's all over it. Uh, I did read that it was it was originally. Um, Liam Neeson wanted this role very yeah. badly. Yeah, yeah, he was really pining for the role. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> nice pun there. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Hopkins is coming off of Silence of the Lambs, so basically any script in Hollywood was his. And he, <laughs> Liam Neeson was coming should... off Dark Man. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> which which, which is a fun is a movie. movie. Dark it's Man's a, a fun, fun movie. movie. Right. But to the, pu- the public eye, Silence of the Lambs is going to win out over yeah, Dark Man. Right. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, Liam Neeson had not quite elevated his stature in Hollywood <laughs> uh, to the point of, of usurping Anthony Hopkins from a role. 
so those really are our main four. We also have a series of plot-driven secondary characters. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got Mina's uh, very wealthy best friend, Lucy. Yep. Uh, who is quite the quite the flatterer, and we have her suitors, mm -hmm. Seward, Holmwood, and Quincy. Um, you know, and and they are integral to the plot in that they are all pining after Lucy's uh, attention. She does accept the proposal from one of them, but really, I, I was impressed with at least the characters of those three still buddied up and stuck together. Yeah, they yeah. easily were romantic rivals and should have hated each other's guts, but. I think all three clearly loved Lucy individually to the point that they were willing to put their aside. They wanted her best wishes yeah. over any sort of, you know, enemy status they should they should form with each other. And uh, and then you know, bringing up the pack, we've got uh, we've got Renfield played by Tom Waits, who's just kind of Dracula's guy. You know, he's not an <laughs> Igor figure. It's his uh, hype man. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. He's his, he's Dracula's he's, hype he's man. His, he's his hype man, his wannabe wingman that doesn't ever get a chance to take wing. Nope. He, um, <laughs> he's he's there to support Dracula bringing home the girl, but he never brings one right, home himself. Right. <laughs> right. So uh, that's really it for our characters. You, we got three Dracula's brides that are just there. Um, you know, they're beautiful in their own right, but really they're just they they serve a point in the plot, but not. I mean, they're not. They have no speaking lines or anything, mm -hmm. but those really are our cast of characters. One, one of whom played anybody? by I said one of one of whom played by Monica Bellucci. Oh, Monica Bellucci, beautiful Italian actress. I, I will uh, I will say on that note, there are a lot of beautiful people in this movie. Yes, there are. Ooh, yeah, a I, lot of beautiful yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. We I don't think we've run into this level of top to bottom beauty since. Um, Boyfriends of Christmas Past. <laughs> yes, I was thinking about that beforehand. <laughs> a lot of beautiful people in, in, in yeah. boy, Hallmark's Boyfriends of Christmas Past. <laughs> right. and, and with the exception of Anthony Hopkins in this movie, everybody yeah. else is gorgeous. And and Hopkins still, he still gets to make out with me. He, yeah, so. he does. He does. <laughs> and could have had all three brides had he given himself up. Mm -hmm. um, but that's our, that's our caster characters. There we are. So yeah. you want to jump into the plot? Yeah, the plot moving forward. This this movie, uh, it has a, an amazing prologue sequence. Oh, it's, it's yes. one of my favorite parts of the movie. Yes, we, we get, absolutely. We get, it kind of reminds me a little bit about, uh, you know, in Fellowship of the Ring, that great prologue mm -hmm. that describes oh, the yeah, backstory. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I, the, I could see that. And the yeah. narrative, it just, there were some parallels there with kind of how they told the story. And so we get the backstory of Dracula or, or you know, Vlad Tepes, Vlad the Impaler. Right, you know, back in um, in Romania, you know, as uh, Constantinople had fallen, and um, you know, it, the Muslim Turks uh, were were coming up from from um, you know far the far western part of Europe in the Middle East, and he led the forces re representing Christianity, fighting off uh, the the Muslim Turks. So we get this whole great uh, sequence, you know, of him going off to war. Um, Elizabetta, you know, his his wife, mm -hmm. play, all, as you mentioned before, also played by Winona Ryder, you know, is kind of pleading for him to stay. But, you know, he's got he's got a duty. He has duty and he has to go take care of things. Um, he has the best armor ever. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my absolutely. God. It, it reminds I mean, I I'm a big fan of just just all red armor. I love it on Dracula in this movie. I love it in the Star Wars universe. Mm -hmm. um, I, I even loved I loved it in the movie Beastmaster. Um, you know, not, not, just... not Manimal, Beastmaster. No. <laughs> right. 
you know, it's just, it's, there's just something about, but yeah, it's so, it's so odd. The rigid and yeah, it, like it, 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 it's like, it a, it's like look, a muscle bodysuit is what it looks yeah, like. It, it, it doesn't give you any sort of, uh, comfort that it's actually going to stop anything, but man, does he look cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not too dissimilar from El Gigante's. <laughs> muscle bodysuit. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Dracula was the inspiration for Elegantes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> right. there, there's a good wink to the to the audience for for all of our all of our our, our listeners who are big fans of mid '90s WWF. <laughs> right. If you like wrestle crap, you'll love Elegante. Yes. <laughs> and then and then by default, Vlad the Impaler's armor from Bram Stoker's yes, Dracula. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a great through line from one to the other there. I haven't seen them both in the same place at the same time. Ah, so who's to say it's ah, not the same? Yeah. A little conspiracy theory there. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> so you know, he goes off to war, and he's just brutal in battle. Uh, you yeah. know, They literally show people impaled on spikes, thus Vlad the mm-hmm. Impaler. Um, they're pushing the Muslim Turks back. And as kind of one last kind of kind of kind of almost figurative stab at at Vlad the Impaler his enemy send a letter to the the uh, to the Vlad Tepe's residence saying that that <laughs> Vlad <laughs> I think it was probably Federal Express you know uh, it, but, was or, probably, or, <laughs> it was probably Sheriff Bart with a candy gram <laughs> <It was. laughs> candy gram for Elizabeth <laughs> And, and this this letter, this notification says that he died in battle. So so they they basically to to hit him where it hurts most, in his home and his heart, they tell his wife, they inform his wife that he's dead, and yeah. before he has a chance to to prove otherwise, she throws herself in the river and commits suicide, as one does. Yeah. Yeah. Before researching any sort of shred of evidence, mm-hmm. you just you just that's it. Yeah. You know, she was actually, you know, when they brought her body out of the river, she was in miraculously pretty good shape for the distance of said fall. Yeah. She had one one little thing of blood coming out of the corner of her mouth. Right. That's it. Yeah. It's funny. For for as gory as this movie gets, it was a very (laughs) PG-13 depiction of her dead body. Yeah. Exactly. You know, we had to maintain her beauty. But yeah, it's like watching her plummet to those depths into the, the craggy rocks of the river below. And she just, you know... Hurt her gums. Yeah, <laughs> she's a bad she, floss she, against it. She actually died of gingivitis. <laughs> First time flosser. <laughs> oh man, it stings. <laughs> so she's dead, and he comes back, and um, you know the uh, his his minister or or whatnot, his chap chaplain could be a word for it. Also played yeah. by Anthony Hopkins, interestingly enough. Oh, I missed that. I missed yep. that. Um and form and, and tells the tells him what happened. And yeah, sorry Vlad, but you're never gonna be reunited with her because when you commit suicide in Christianity, your soul yep. does not go to heaven. Right. And and he just cannot accept that. He absolutely cannot accept that. He renounces the the Christian God. Uh, he literally stabs his sword into a into a stone cross, a blood filled stone cross. Yes, it just it pours <laughs> out of there, and uh, and he drinks he drinks this blood, and thus is cursed by the Christian God to become uh, a vampire, to become Dracula. Then we t- we cut to the title card. 
Yeah. Uh, Which is just, even the title card was, it was just beautiful. Yeah. Just, you know, I touch on it later, so I'm not going to get on it sure. now. But, um, but just the, we've watched a lot. Of, I mean, this is episode 14. We've watched a lot of films and but very few of them. And I'm not, I'm not getting nitpicky here, but I'm going to use like what I would assume would be like Scorsese's opinion between film and cinema. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I don't feel really we've watched we haven't watched any cinema yet. We've watched great films. Mm-hmm. We've watched some not so great films, but really they've all just been shot and edited. Like, um, you know, the closest I would say is probably the thing, you yeah. know, where there was deliberate effect shots, but they also, everything in the effect shots that we've covered so far in movies has been on camera. Um, and that's one of the things I've just, I, I love about this is the, off-camera adjustments to special effects, lighting from underneath, yeah, uh, you know, just reverse projection, you know, or rear projection, you know, just that those those cognitive choices in filmmaking are really what separates this from just another run-of-the-mill Dracula movie yeah. for me, anyway. Well, it's um, you know he. They had a, a standard special effects team hired for this movie, mm-hmm. and when he told them the kind of things he wanted, like he wanted practical effects, he wanted on-camera effects, right? You know, nothing post. Like we're doing it all on camera. He fired them when they said that uh, that they couldn't do it, right? And so he actually put uh, one of his son Roman in charge of it. Roman, yeah. And with, with who went on to become a director himself? Yeah. And with with one exception, um, everything everything in the in the movie is done on camera. You know, through, yeah. through and, camera and, trickery, and, and lighting, I, miniatures, and, and I and I touch on that later yeah. in my in my three two one. So yeah, I'm sure we'll we'll come Don't across steal that. It. <laughs> we'll come across that <laughs> in the plot as well as in our in yeah, our closing. Yeah. So uh, so we jump from 1462 to present day in the film 1897 in London. Uh, we briefly get introduced to an asylum. Uh, Ren, yeah. Renfield, who is uh, or who was a kind of land procurer. Um, Almost like a, like a fancy real estate agent in a, yeah, in a way worked yeah. for a firm. Uh, he he's in a padded room in this asylum, and it turns out as we cut to the next scene, which introduces us to Keanu Reeves as Jonathan Harker, that Renfield and Harker work for the same. I'll, I'll just say real estate agent, <laughs> real yeah. estate agency. Right. I, I think it was I think it was Century Twenty One. I think it's, so. It's what they work for. Yeah. Yeah. And. Um, and Harker's boss informs him that yeah we have this 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 deep pocketed uh, customer over, who lives in Romania. He wants to buy several mm-hmm. properties in London. Uh, we we had sent your predecessor Renfield over there, and he came back insane. So like we need somebody with a level head who's going to finish this right. deal for us. And so Harker's like yeah, uh, we get introduced to his fiance Mina, played by Winona Ryder. Right. Uh, who she kind of again, kind of reluctantly. Okay, if you got if you got to go, you got to go. We'll, we'll postpone right. our marriage. And 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 I I do I got a lot of I like how they handled the respect of their relationship. Yeah. Um. You know, in this situation, I you know, both Reeves and and Ryder do a good job of. In this relationship, it's it's Mina that's wanting to push things further faster, and you know, and and Harker is he's resistant to it he, he wants to play it by the book 
is even when he tells her they have, he has to go and they're in the garden and she pulls him to set him down on that on that bench or whatever. He was ready to be like, well, I have to go, so yeah. I'll see you later. And she's like, we need to make out first. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say um, using this word descriptively, he's very kind yeah. of romantically conservative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could say, yeah, I, I agree with that, and in that it was, um, you know, and it comes in. It comes into play as we see later on that she's, you know, she's she's willing and thirsty for a, a strong in-person romance. Yeah, she, and she, he, she's much more curious about romance. Yeah. And there's yeah. there's some desires there that she I don't yeah. think she quite she's quite realized that have been untapped. Right. Well, and she's got Lucy, too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Lucy's who's <laughs> right. her best friend, uh, but right. who's a little more, uh, I don't know, amoral. Maybe we could put it that way. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, as I was watching this with Melissa, uh, they, again, they, 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 um, Harker and Mina share a very passionate goodbye kiss, kind of similar to a, to a kiss that they opened the movie on between Dracula and Elizabeth. Yes. Um, the camera kind of pans back to a peacock. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's another one of those off, just yeah. off camera, you know, effect choices that just, it, it just, I, I just loved it. Yeah. You know, you just. To give them some privacy, you just drop that little peacock yeah. feather right in there, and the, the camera kind of kind of focuses in on one of the circles on the peacock's tail feathers, mm-hmm. and then it uh, we it, it transitions to another scene. <laughs> but but I, I paused before uh, this very cool transition as I, I'm typing in my notes, sitting next to Melissa, and I'm just typing what I'm seeing, just uh, observationally. Yeah. And my note says they passionately kiss in front of a peacock. <laughs> <laughs> And Melissa's like, you're not going to include that. Like, that's it's what happened, isn't it? They passionately kissed in front of a peacock. Well, and and what's you know, and you take it a little, you know, a little further, you know, because I've I've got a deep understanding and knowledge of of peacock romance. Yes, uh, they bring those. Of course, they bring those feathers out when they are ready to mate, and mm-hmm. so that could be another little signal of. The peacock liked what he saw. Yeah, he did. <laughs> really, yeah, and really threw that plumage out there. Yeah, I mean, like there is the term peacocking. You know, when when, when you're kind of you know trying to put your best self forward, your most confident self. Right. So maybe the peacock was peacocking. Yeah, maybe. We, maybe. I think we're I think we're on the same level of Coppola here. We get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably a lot of people probably missed it, but not us. Uh. Uh-uh. Anything involving peacocks, we are all about. We see what you did there, Francis. Yeah, that's right. We got you, Francis. <laughs> Francis. <laughs> I know you are one. Exactly. Right? <laughs> now you can pick up on that. So we, we get a cool transition from the peacock. This what are the circles of the peacock's tail feathers uh, to a train emerging from a tunnel in Romania. So again, mm-hmm. the pacing in this movie is great. By the way, it just it does it like it takes just enough time for the characters, but it moves the plot along very well. Uh, like and again, you, at this point, you don't need to know a bunch about Mina and Harker. You just you need to get no. things forward because the, right. the movie's called Bram Stoker's Dracula, not Bram Stoker's Harker. Right. Well, and I think in this situation, less is more. Yeah. Um, because. The little that they've shown us between Harker and Mina demonstrate that while there's romance there, it's still little. Mm-hmm. Like, it hasn't blossomed anything. They're not together. They've never been together. Yeah. She, you know, she reveals later they've never, they have not had any, you know, sexual experiences. Right. So I think the longer we linger on them, then the more the film has to give us about their romance. Yeah. And there just isn't more any, there's not any more to give. Yeah. And the more <clears throat> distant she feels between herself and, and Harker. 
Right. So uh, it, it, we we get introduced to some of those amazing effects, as the you talked about earlier. Yes. Some practical effects. Uh, you know, there's a just some amazing sequences here, like a mini- right. miniatures of a train. Um, yeah. You know, that's it, it appears to be kind of going over like the Carpathian Mountains, and there's like a journal that that's in the same frame. Um, go ahead. There, there, yeah, there's just there's absolutely no reason for this to not be digital, except for just Coppola to challenge himself to make it practical. Um, you know, it's 92. Special effects are are there. You know, they're obviously they're not at the level they would be today, but. Jurassic Park isn't too much later than this. Yeah, it was just a year so, later. You know, and so, you know, the ability to put the effects in digitally are there. You know, that they, you know, and we see several times in the movie superimposing, you know, one, uh, you know, one piece of film over another, uh, you know, to where, there, like you said, this, what may, I mean, not only is it a beautiful shot as it is but it just ramps it up even more when you find out like no that's all practical that's a giant book and a model train and it's not any forced perspective it's it's just there uh, and it and, has and a, it's just it's and it has awesome. a physicality that digital effects yeah absolutely you know, can't, yeah. can't can never right. completely replicate uh, right. you know we get a cool shot of of him sitting in the train looking out this giant window in the train and you see dracula's mm-hmm. eyes in the yeah. skyline behind him you know that that's where they kind of did like the film on top of film on top of film. Yep. Yep. Um, and you you were introduced to Dracula's voice as Harker mm-hmm. reads a letter that Dracula wrote him, and it's narrated by by Gary Oldman's Dracula. It's just the yeah. coolest voice and accent. Yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure, he nailed it. I yeah. mean, you know, you like we we kind of commented. You know, Hopkins really he goes quite a bit over the top. <laughs> yes, he does. Uh, but thankfully, you know, for it for his benefit, Van Helsing is is depicted as an over the top character in this mm-hmm. in this movie. So, excuse me, Hopkins really brought what he was expected to bring. Yep. But, you know, but the but a lot of the voice acting on a lot of the actors was fine. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> it was fine. But but I mean, Oldman's Dracula voice just. I mean, I I saw he took like singing lessons mm-hmm. so he could learn to drop his voice an octave and it just he just nailed it. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Harker's looking at it longingly at a picture of Mina, again, because mm-hmm. she's played such a pivotal role, especially amongst the three of them. Uh, we get to Transylvania. A carriage drops Harker off. Another passenger kind of mysteriously gives him a cross, yeah, which he then puts around his neck. We hear wolf's howl. A dark carriage arrives. And again, some more camera trickery here. Right. As the, car- the carriage driver, it appears that his arm reaches out unnaturally beyond yeah. the length of his arm to kind of pull I, Harker in. Yeah. And he, and, he, and he just, he and he picks him up to pull him in. I yeah. mean, Harker, there's no there's no bounce in his step as he's walking to the carriage. It's it, very fluid. You know, yeah. Inspector Gadget picked him up and pulled him into the carriage. Because <laughs> I think that's who the carriage driver was. Either that or, Matthew, or, or Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> one of the two. Yeah. Either one, Matthew Broderick. Yeah. In an uncredited role. Yeah. <laughs> Matthew Broderick is Reed Richards. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a very interesting Reed Richards. Uh, we we, uh, we get the one optical effect shot in the whole era sequence of yeah. the whole movie. It does, I do think it, the same effect comes up later, but there's kind of a blue flame yeah. that I know is integral in the book, in the novel, which right. I have never read. Uh, but we do see that. So the one the one sequence in which Coppola bent on his effects rules. Yeah. 
but it, but it was it was like you said to closely you know, tie into the novel to, yeah. to the original novel. So it wasn't it wasn't effect shot for effect shot sake. It yeah. was Coppola, to stay true to the source material. Yeah, and Coppola did his best to do that. Again, there's a reason why he called it Bram Stoker's Dracula, right. and not just right. Dracula. Uh, we get introduced to uh, to Dracula's castle as well as then Dracula himself. He welcome to my home. You know this pale old man with this Very with old. this red kind of kind of Eastern Asian inspired robe, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was very cool because it it doesn't look yeah. like what we would expect in this kind of like Eastern European motif. So like right, especially in that overhead shot where they're walking across you know the the, the big foyer area mm-hmm. of the castle, and he's got just got this several foot long train of this yeah. dress behind him and. It was. It was just a very cool outfit. We get introduced to some of that that rear projection trickery they did with the shadows not matching the movements of the character. Mm-hmm. Like the like the shadows them themselves have their own persona and life right. and act independently of the character, or, or in response to the character in a way as well. Yeah. Right. Because at one point the shadow knocks a, like knocks something over on right. the table. Yeah. Reaches out and, mm-hmm. and chokes Harker. It tries to choke. I yeah. mean, so it's like. You see, you know, it's like it's Dracula's intent is hidden in his shadow. Yeah. So uh, Dracula serves Harker dinner. Of course, Dracula himself does not dine because he's already dined. Yeah, he's eaten. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't drink wine. Yeah. <laughs> Dracula kind of... Uh, Har- Harker listens as Dracula kind of tells his family story, and, and Harker seems to kind of make light of it. And Dracula, yeah. ooh, he he pounces on him figuratively. It pulls a it pulls a sword. Yeah, it's like you don't you don't it's make n- fun of my family's history yeah. and my history. It's, and yeah. and Harker, it's no, it's no laughing matter, as he tells him. Yeah, Harker begs for forgiveness for offending him because again, ultimately he's there as a salesman. You know, he, yeah. he's got to he's got to close this deal, which which they do in the next sequence. They sign the yeah. deal. Uh, there's a backdrop of London, which Dracula's shadow literally looms over. It literally covers London. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, at this point, I, I kind of noticed something that Harker is pretty kind of clueless to what he's gotten himself yes. into. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he. Uh, I think he's he's a very good messenger. Mm-hmm. Of I do what I'm told. I don't bend the rules. I really don't do anything for myself. Like. He just, if there's rules, he's a good rule follower. Yes. Go there and get this stuff done. Okay. Yeah. But you're right. Like, there's nothing, nothing painting a picture of comfort in, in Dracula's castle. But Harker's, like you said, is pretty clueless to yeah. any of this going on. Yeah, the Harker character, you know, there's no spontaneity. As you said, he's a rule follower. You know, he, he does what he's told, and he's, right. he's there to do business. And he's not there to look into any of these other unseemly things that are going on, at least not yet. Yeah, he's he's like the human embodiment of Emmett Brickowski from the Lego movie. <laughs> Everything is awesome. <laughs> All right. I'll follow your rules. I can't think for myself. <laughs> so Harker congratulates Dracula yeah. on the purchase of these ten properties around London, and at this point Dracula notices the picture of Mina that right. Harker has carried right. around with him. And he is interested. He takes note. Everything else stops for Dracula. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and Harker again doesn't even pick up what's going on. Mm-hmm. He does. He does ask Dracula uh, you know, about his past. Have he ever, was he ever married? And right. Dracula gets very emotionally vulnerable. He says, "Yes, uh, she died." 
and and he's you know he's very kind of kind of weak and and available at that moment at least emotionally which is something you wouldn't kind of expect especially from a salesperson there for real estate purposes right uh and then at that point dracula asks harker an interesting question will you stay with me for a month yeah i will not i will not accept no yeah and and it's just so quickly you know the internal the internal drive of dracula has changed you know mm-hmm. he, he really didn't shift his outward portrayal of it but as we find out you know like you said his goal is basically i want you to stay with me for a month i'm not accepting no but you know the internal mechanism is i need you here so that i can go to london and you know hook up with, hook up with your wife right and steal <laughs> steal your yeah. fiance from you yeah. but don't worry i'll leave you in in good hands <laughs> <laughs> six of them precisely <laughs> Yeah, so, but yeah, go ahead. So at this point, uh, we go. We are introduced to Lucy. We cut back to London, and Mina is staying with Lucy uh, at at her home, her right. very uh, palatial home. Yes, uh, Lucy, Lucy comes from a family of wealth, and Lucy is very aware of that wealth yes. and is not afraid to downplay it. No, not at all. Um, and it just—it's hard to gauge the age of people. Um, because they did use fairly young actors to play the mm-hmm. the young, but but she's still very, and I think a lot of it's because of her wealth. She's still very juvenile in yeah, and how she acts and and holds herself, but despite yeah. being surrounded by adult men, yes, yeah, very very kind of naive to the world, I would say. So you know, Lucy kind of kind of baits Mina a little bit, you know, with talk that marriage is for carnal pleasure. Uh, you know, they look through the Arabian Nights books, oh, right. which de- de- you know, depicts different, you know, different like sexual positions yeah. and 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 uh, and other things of that nature, and they kind of talk about that. And Mina is curious. Mm-hmm. It clearly isn't something that, that Jonathan and I have ever take, you know, right. have ever have ever done, have ever shared, and and she's curious about things. Lucy is a little more is a little more. Uh, uh, obvious, yeah. you know, with, with her desire for I it. did that last night in my dreams. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, we have then introduced a little later on in the evening to the three suitors that right. you mentioned earlier during our character rundown. We have Quincy Morris, who is a, a uh, rich Texan, yeah. played by Billy Campbell. <laughs> and, uh, a Lucy full, had... and a full-blown stereotypical Texan. Like... Yeah, a big Bowie knife. <laughs> right, like, even just... Uh... You know, even just it, every everything he says out of his mouth is deep from the heart of Texas. Like, <laughs> I think he's doing his best Yosemite Sam. Very much so. <laughs> uh, where we uh, we see uh, Richard E. Grant's character, Doctor Jack Seward, who's pr- uh, probably kind of the meekest of the three. Yeah. He's, he's more of a man of science. But he's, he's also he, yeah, he's also the one that's easily the most integral to this sub. I won't call it a subplot in the movie, but this this act of yeah, um, you know, he's he's important. He's I'd say he's easily yeah. more important than the other two. Yes, yeah, he, yeah, he has more consequence as far yeah. as his connections and kind of right. how his character introduces other plot elements. But yeah, he's he's the meekest of the three. He runs the asylum. He's also um, Mina and Lucy's personal physician. Right. Uh, then we see uh, Arthur Holmwood played by Wesley Carrie <laughs> right, Elwes. Right. The stable boy. Yes, as you this wish. This is before he was chained up in a, you know, in a dilapidated bathroom. 
Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Eric just saw off his own body parts. And before he was a tornado chaser. <laughs> that, that, that too, yeah. A little before that. So Mina is kind of self-narrating, and she admits that Harker is kind of more traditional of a yeah. persona. Right. Especially seeing these these other three men who are a little more, uh, I guess, uh, kind of out there with their personas. Yeah, a little more, more robust. Maybe. A little more robust in their yes. personalities. Yeah, especially Holmwood and uh, and and Quincy Morris. Yeah. Uh, we see Dracula's shadow kind of kind of come into play here. Reaches a hand to to Mina. As we we get a peek into Dracula, kind of kind of cutting back and forth between there, mm-hmm. and he almost appears to whisper. So this is kind of the first inclination of a connection between the two, right. and that Mina is responding to this connection. Uh, in the asylum, we see uh, Doctor Jack Seward again, played by Richard E. Grant, uh, who was most recently in the Loki series. He played classic Loki. I haven't seen all of it yet. Oh, it's great. I know, I know. I it's great. I just haven't gotten to it. <laughs> oh, and he is amazing as, like, classic, old-school, like, Silver Age comic book Loki. I'll have to. I'll definitely have to put in the time. I just haven't gotten to it. <laughs> Ozark just started season four. So we're watching Ozark. I'll buy that for now. Uh, we get some more Renfield things. He's ta- He's kind of portending what's to come. You know, right. Uh, He's he's back from Transylvania. He talks about a bloodlust and that he used to be a gentleman, but but he's clearly not anymore. I also love in the in the, in the, uh, the scenes in the asylum, the uh, the guards have like milk <laughs> crate cages. Yeah, they yeah. Are, they're like one of the thirteen ghosts in that real crappy Matthew Lillard remake. <laughs> yeah, of like so, the juggernaut. Is... But yeah, they yeah they do. They just have these giant like protective cages on their heads. Mm-hmm. And you almost have to wonder what led to these cages in the first right. place. Like, like right. what have they endured that that, right. that gave the the decision to, to to wear these like milk crates on their head? <laughs> <laughs> I think that might be my next Halloween costume. <laughs> there you go. Just wonder, like, you know, they've got like that, you know, so many days since a workplace incident, like slipboard. <laughs> 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 right back to zero, fellas. <laughs> you know, start tomorrow. We're wearing these crates on our head <laughs> because that's mental health, <laughs> right? And, and, and that's that the is. dignity with which yep. people with mental health issues should be treated. Yeah. Uh, we're back at Dracula's castle again. There's a lot of kind of cutting around from scene to scene. So pardon me if, I, if my transitions aren't aren't too smooth there. Um, we're back at Dracula's castle five days later, and Harker's writing in his journal, and he's finally starting to realize something's up. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's kind of creeped out when when Dracula looked at the picture of Mina. Uh, and then we get the sequence where um, he's shaving his neck, guys. Yes, yeah. And, of course, as I do, maybe not you, you don't look like you shave as often as I do. <laughs> <laughs> once but a year is good for me but, but you, you you know you, he's looking at himself in the mirror and of course very you know it's, I think everybody probably knows at this point vampires don't cast a reflection and so Dracula and I love it because he's shaving in the mirror and Dracula's reaches in and taps him on the shoulder enough, mm-hmm. to, enough to startle him and he cuts himself on the neck, but then when Harker turns around, Dracula's way back at the door. You know, so yeah, he's on the other side of the room. Yeah, nothing don't nothing works as as intended in Dracula's essence. You know, if you're yes. in his castle or around him, things just don't operate yeah. the way they're supposed to. Uh, yeah, rea- reality and physics bends to right. his will. And so, um, you know, he has he's he's cut his neck. 
uh, and the Dracula comes up and notices he's cut his neck and and uh, and Harker recognizes very quickly almost that uh, Dracula doesn't cast a reflection. Uh, mm-hmm. Dracula kind of, and he kind of covers his face and of course the glass shatters and and so now Harker can't finish shaving himself. He can't see his own, you know, because you know it, it takes a real idiot to not know where your neck is. Um, <laughs> oh, call me Mr. Butterfingers. <laughs> oh, <I guess> so. <laughs> <laughs> well, emo Phillips action there. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and so uh, Dracula takes a straight razor and he, you know, first he whips away real quick and licks just a really disgusting, but yet beautifully shot, you know, quick see, you know, just quick shot of him just licking the blood off the straight razor. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he is Dracula, obviously. And then he goes yeah, in and he, he and, he, and he finishes, you know, shaving Harker for him. And, but you just, you, you just sit there. Oh, you know, like he's completely under Dracula's, you know, power now, not, not in the mental capacity, but it's like, he's holding a straight razor to your neck. Like he could end this for you in, mm-hmm. in a heartbeat. Um, but of course he doesn't, uh, you know, instead he, he pulls the old Beauty and the Beast switcheroo in a letter of, I have to go and don't go to this part of the castle. Yeah. <laughs> don't do it. So which, mm-hmm. you know, someone of the intelligence of Jonathan Harker is like, well, I better check it out. <laughs> <laughs> but I will, I will uh, note before that, um, Dracula also noticed that cross that was given oh, to Harker. Yeah, right. And there's a great little line in there, which... Um, uh, do not put such faith in trinkets of deceit, which again just demonstrates Dracula's just utter contempt yeah, he's for, done. for the for, for the Christian God. Yeah, he's done. And 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 because that's when it all boils down to it, that's where the real rivalry is in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's between Dracula and the Christian God, who's taken away his wife's soul. Right. And uh, and all he, all Christian God had to do was be like, "I get it. Sorry, man." You know. <laughs> Sorry, brah. <laughs> you can have a soul back, bra. <laughs> As he's wearing a visor upside down. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, brah. <laughs> That's the Christian God for you. Yep. Yeah. If it's not obvious, As and I both work at high school, so. <laughs> and, uh, and so, um, but yeah, so you're right. He just, you know, don't put your faith in this stuff. It's, yeah. uh, it's not worth it. Uh, but yeah, then he, he, Let's him know via letter, despite being in the same castle. Yeah, <laughs> gives, leaves him a letter. Uh, I got to go to London. Got to take care of some stuff. Um, don't go in that part of the castle. <laughs> Which Harker then does. All right, of course he does. Oh, but yeah, he, you know, and he traipses in there and he um, finds just a beautiful bed. Uh, probably mm-hmm. if. I think if the camera to pan back a little bit, there probably was a slot to put a quarter in to make it all wiggle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but they did they Mag- didn't magic put, fingers. Yeah, they didn't put a quarter in the bed. Um however. They, right. However, there was plenty in the bed already for him. Uh-huh. D- deep in the covers, deep in the mattress. Uh but yeah, so Harker then is is lunged upon by the the three brides of Dracula who mm-hmm. come at him in the nude. Um and and again, we've established in our conversation as the movies established as well. Harker's never been, the, he's never rounded first base before. Like, no, you know, this is all, he's not, he's not dumb to how a woman is put together, but he's never been physically present for what's underneath. And, uh, 
and he's yeah. getting Har- it. <laughs> Harker's like young Curtis. <laughs> <He's> just... <laughs> like I'm aware of, of the female form, right? Like, <laughs> but but what do I do with it? Like, right. like well, I... <laughs> yeah. And so here's Harker with you know Monica Bellucci and a couple other of of you know beautiful nude vampires that are like we'll show you what to do with this Mm -hmm. Um, and And they quickly school him in the ways of love yes very much so very much so uh was it at this point or was it later that dracula enters yeah dracula does enter towards the end of the scene he hadn't left yet yeah and and he and he basically tells him back off oh right that door flies open and they get the they get the vibe real quick that uh uh-oh yeah (laughs) yeah and jonathan's he's essentially freaking out because his body is sending him mixed message he's both oh, yeah. terrified and, and uh Aroused. and yeah so he he doesn't know what to do right but he knows it's not good well and as the old saying goes you know you know the blood can only go one way at a time so yeah <laughs> he can't think clearly the blood is elsewhere <laughs> <laughs> i have no idea what you're implying there Ross. nor do, nor does young curtis <laughs> 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 so the next day uh Drac- dracula's gone mm-hmm. um and jonathan's kind of watching as these gypsies are filling up these coffins with dirt um and he's not sure why right so back at lucy's lucy's uh lucy runs up to mina and I love him. I love him. She's decided on Homewood. She's decided right. on West on Wesley. Yeah, right. as as the suitor. Yeah, but the and other two a, hang around. Like yeah, yeah, they don't go any place. They're just no. they're there for the for the and, ride, whatever. And they they respect the decision. Like they're yeah, they're so yeah, they're, smitten with her that there is like a cool brotherhood. There really um, is am, like, amongst these three. Like they come, they become like pseudo brothers. They really do. They become like bros. They, yeah. they're bros. Bra, the bros. The bra. The bra. <laughs> We get, a, we get we we get another cool <laughs> sequence of like dark clouds rolling in and Dracula's eyes. Mm-hmm. Lucy and Mina kind of you know have like literal shills uh, like like shivers go down their yeah. spines and um, we're then on a boat and uh, it's being between uh, Romania and and London in the Mediterranean Sea and uh, the captain's logging about some experimental soil that's bound for London and uh, sailors are going missing. I think there might be something on board with us as <laughs> might be I wonder what that could be a yeti <laughs> it's, pr- it's probably romania is known for yetis <laughs> right <laughs> just, they're everywhere they're probably all just seasick they don't like the water they all got letters that their husband had died in the turkish wars so they just hopped overboard <laughs> it's what effective once in this movie it just keeps yeah. working on all the crewmen of the ship so business really picks up in the movie once uh, once the ship gets to London, and yeah. you, you kind of see something jump off. Uh, there's shots of a zoo, like a wolf escapes oh, yeah. from a zoo, uh, and then we get the first of those kind of predator sequences where um, v- uh, Dracula has transformed himself into an animal hybrid. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, it's, I mean, for lack of a better formality, it's, he's a werewolf now. Which, yeah. you know, werewolves, they're, obviously, you know, depending on which line of folklore you listen to, werewolves and vampires are opposites. They're not opposites, but they're they're different, whether your folklore be the classics or your Twilight. 
you know, werewolves and vampires are not the same thing. But there is a thread of literary history that says that werewolves are what vampires can turn into. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and so that's really the best visual perception, if you haven't seen the movie, that we could give you is he's, he's very wolf form here, very yeah. werewolfian. And I am not well schooled enough to know how these sequences were shot. You know, they're they're you know cranking the speed of the film. They might even be like kind of removing frames to make it look like he's moving faster. Yeah, you but, typically would film it at a lower shutter speed. Uh, your your traditional shutter speed is about twenty four frames a second, twenty three point nine eight frames a second. Um, and so, if you shoot faster than that, say sixty frames a second, everything has to play back at your 24 to 30 frames a second so mm -hmm. you ramp it up to 60 play it in 24 everything looks slower so this is probably a a longer um a longer shutter speed in terms of you know 12 frames a second and then when it's played back it does give that 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 speed to it but it's mm -hmm. an organic speed you're not chopping out uh frames you're it's literally just processing it faster um, and so that's, that's what I was getting when I was watching this part okay. was I'm like, they probably shot the film slower so that when they played it in normal playback, it would speed him up, but not, but, but, but everything still looks fluid, but still just yeah. kind of sped up and jerky. But it gives this very unnatural yes, vibe yes. as to how he moves and what he sees, how he perceives the world around him. Um, Lucy is taken by something. Yeah. So from from inside the house, and she goes outside wearing this very f flowing dress. Yeah, it's very um, just fantastical, like yeah, yeah, very, very like uh, ham very, like hammer horror, really. Yeah, fantasy fantasy esque. Yeah. Uh, Mina goes after Lucy. Like, what are you doing? Like, it's storm it's storming outside, and she comes across Dracula as this kind of hybrid wolf man having pretty graphic sex yeah with with lucy in this garden right yeah it's it's graphic is to say the least like it's not it, you know it's it's not like i wouldn't go as far to call it like disturbing you know um you know because there are obviously much more graphic disturbing depictions of sex on film and other movies but this is just it's very creature attacking but in a sensual way mm-hmm uh, Dracula telepathically removes himself from her mind, so Mina doesn't. It right. doesn't. She can't quite put together what happened. She just knows that Lucy was in some kind of trance. Lucy herself even says that she felt like her soul left her body and she was lured out. Dracula's that good mm -hmm. in, bed, in bed. He's <laughs> he's amazing. It's so good you don't even remember it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the definition of trauma, but that's that, that, that's for our other podcast. Well, look at how they've handled mental illness already in the movie. So. Yeah. <laughs> so the next day, you know, they're kind of trying to make sense of what happened, and Dracula's moving in. He, he's moving into these properties in London. These, yeah. These coffins filled with Transylvanian soil are there, including in a property that uh, that's literally right next to the asylum, right next to Seward's right. Asylum, where Red right. Renfield is being is being kept. Is that Carfax Abbey? Is that the... Yes, yes, yeah. Carfax Abbey. Good memory there. Uh, we get some narration that Dracula can go out during the daytime. Mm -hmm. So contrary to some other depictions of vampires, he can go out in the day, but he's not as powerful. Right. Like, the only others that I know can go out in the day are Edward Cullen and Blade. 
Yeah, <laughs> the so, Daywalker. Right. That's it. You've got this this Dracula, Edward Cullen, and Blade, and Jim Carrey in Once Bitten. He can go up there today. Those are it. That's it for who, Vampire Who, could forget, who right. could forget Jim Carrey in Once Bitten? You know, and you put those four in a movie to, or in a movie together. You've got um, what we do in the shadows. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, this is the first time in the movie where we see the the Gary Oldman as Gary Oldman yes, version yes. of Dracula. Right. And he and he is shirtless and hunky. Woo. Yes, he is. Young woo. Young Gary Oldman. Younger so Gary Oldman. It's not like he's a yeah, 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 he's yeah, not younger. like a preteen boy. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't Thanks. young Gary Oldman in the same way that we are talking about young Curtis. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Some minor differences. This is there. this is an older version of young Gary Oldman. <laughs> yes. Young Curtis and old Curtis were never hunky either. So. <laughs> Melissa would so, argue. Melissa would argue. That. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, we, there might be one person who would who would uh, say that's contrary. But uh, Dracula is now walking around the streets of London. Yeah, and, and he's kind of in a daze until he sees Mina. And Mina. His senses calm. Right. I think it's important to note here that um, late eighteen hundreds London clearly must be much smaller than modern day London. <laughs> it cracks me up how quickly everybody runs into each other. In yeah. London, England. <laughs> yeah, yeah, millions of people. Yeah, yeah. It's not like even my town of twenty six hundred people. I can't just bump into people I expect to see at any given moment. Like, I, but they just he just runs into her. Like, oh, hey, there's Mina, right on schedule. <laughs> uh, you know, they they meet each other, mm-hmm. and she she sees him and is is and is kind of taken aback by him. You can tell she's kind of piecing together like right. like something's some what is it about this guy right something's familiar and i don't know yeah. what uh we're back at lucy's now because again jumping from scene to scene uh she's getting fitted for a wedding dress because she's gonna get married to homewood yep, yep, they're getting married getting married to wesley right um seward walks in and because he's her personal doctor also and he's like something's going on with you uh your senses are becoming enhanced mm-hmm. Uh, something's not right here. No, we, very, we really yeah, need... You're very aggressive. Yeah. Even more yeah. so than Lucy was anyway. Like, she's yeah. just very sensual and aggressive. Yeah. Her demeanor has changed. Her her psychological makeup has changed. Uh, and so they inject her with something. And Morris and Holmwood are there, and they're all worried about Lucy. Because even, again, as we said before, these these three have kind of formed this brotherhood. So they're kind of, they're all there for each other and for Lucy. Seward's worried. Uh, I don't know what's going on, so I'm going to call in my mentor, a metaphysician and philosopher known as Dr. Van Helsing. Right, yeah, for sure. And, you know, just quick, I think it's important that, you know, while while Francis Ford Coppola has, has made, you know, just, in my opinion, a beautiful rendition of Dracula, you mm-hmm. know, in a very gothic style, touching base on, you know, prior cinema, etc., I think it's important that it is 1992, and I really think the trio of Seward, Homewood, and Quincy um, are what led to the adoption of the phrase "bros before hoes." I think mm. that stemmed from this movie um, because their 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 brotherhood is definitely uh, you know what it's it's the glue that keeps them together. So this is I def- think Francis Ford Coppola would 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 be. In, in awe that knowing that that phrase was traced mm-hmm. back to this movie. That, I think that's the kind of cultural impact. Right. 
Everybody already, yeah, everybody already knew Dracula, so you weren't getting anything new out of that story. But I really think the underlying tone was um, Coppola was really hoping to put forth that bros do come before hoes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm pretty sure watching this movie is a part of the initiation in, in all college fraternities. <laughs> I was never in a fraternity, but I have. Nor heard, was I. I have heard that that is true. Yeah, and, and, and everybody knows frat boys are big Coppola right. fans, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's they're they're shallow on the surface, but they're deep. Mm-hmm. They are yeah. deep. Right. <laughs> they don't. Li- they love Jimi Hendrix. They they hear Jimmy. They don't just listen to Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> I can see the music, bro. <laughs> uh, we get some other cool effects there of in, in camera shots with Lucy on the bed, and you you see the bite marks on her neck. Yeah. So you see the classic vampire bite marks. Uh, we now. Go back to uh, daytime Dracula and Mina at the cinema. Mm-hmm. And we have them continuing to talk with each other. At this point, she has apologized for kind of being rude to him earlier. Because right. there's something there. There's something that there's something that is keeping her engaged in conversation with him. It's probably that penetrating stare that he just gives her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he pulls her into another room and she says she knows him something's up how do i know you why do i feel so connected with you and we get one of the classic lines from this movie that i butchered at the end of last week's episode trying to trying to to uh to to entice our listeners here and it was i have crossed oceans of time to find you yeah i i read that i i I blush i blush just reading that i know it's it, it it's it's such like kudos to whoever wrote that line. I haven't read I haven't read all of Dracula the novel either, so I'm not sure if it's in there. But like, wow, like that's just that's that's heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't even if Mina didn't know him, she'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, and it's he, both literal and figurative as well. Oh yeah, for like, sure. He, like for he, sure. he, you know, they, he went the the uh, entire length of the Mediterranean Sea and mm-hmm. then up through the Atlantic Ocean, as well as waiting almost 400 right. years. Right. Uh, and so it is. It's very impressive. I read in the trivia that um, one of the main reasons why Gary Oldman took this part was because he wanted to know what it felt like to say yeah. that line to somebody. <laughs> and I'm like, might as well get paid for it because <laughs> nobody was going to stop you from saying it to your wife anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you, you just said it. It's not like we got the copyright police breaking down. <laughs> like, you could have said it, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well get paid for it, though. Uh, his eyes go red, and he almost bites her fangs. Oh yeah, emerge. oh yeah. He was Ooh. ready. He and, was but ready. He he stopped himself, right? Because that's not that's not how he wants to express his love to right. this woman that he's waited almost four hundred years for, right? Um, let's see. We've got. Uh, I'm just kind of catching up I think here. This is the point where yeah. Harker Harker sent he 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 sends her a letter. Yes. That he want he's going to um he's he's trying to get out. He hasn't sent a letter yet. He's we hear kind of a voiceover that um you know, he's trying to escape the clutches of Dracula's brides. They they keep feasting on him, but they aren't turning him. And mm-hmm. so he's got a plan that as they sleep He's going to try to sneak out through the window and basically jump into the river um, mm-hmm. because he just he can't 
he he needs to get free. He needs to get word to Mina that she's not safe. Yeah. Um, and so he does. He we see a scene where he he slips out of the castle. He kind of slips down the wall and falls, plunges into the river. Yeah. Um, you know, swims the length of whatever river he fell into. But he ends up in uh, you know in in a nunnery. He ends up finding a convent. Mm-hmm. Um, they take him in. You know, he brings him back to strength and he writes a letter to, to Mina knowing he just he knows now um, that she's not safe. Uh, and he sends a letter to her that I look, I'm in Romania. I need you to come to Romania so that we can get married. We need to do it. We need to get married. Um, and so that that letter is kind of what's I mean, obviously, it doesn't come at the exact moment they're sitting at the cinema, but mm-hmm. um, it snaps her out of this trance Dracula has placed on her. Uh, and so she does, she, she goes to Lucy. I've, I've, you know, she's radiant now. Lucy is still enough Lucy to, um, to tap into it. And she's like, I've heard from Jonathan. I'm going to remain We're going to get married. And so, um, and that's what she does. She leaves a letter for, for Dracula saying, you know, that I'm, I'm never going to see you again. Um, you know, and so while that's going on in our main plot, we've got the subplot of, you know, Van Helsing is, I mean, he's mm-hmm. giving this speech very young Frankenstein-esque, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know, he's giving his over, you know, he's talking about syphilis and other venereal diseases. He, in the he makes a hilarious joke about STDs. <laughs> yes, Civ- he does. Civilization and syphilization. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> so they all, they all knock on their debt, you know, on their, on their desk to... Hurrah, hurrah, hurrah. And so, but yeah, he... He shows up, and really, um, Seward wasn't sure he was going to. Uh, mm-hmm. He wrote him a letter, we need your help. And he shows up, and he's like, I, when my friends ask for me to show up, I show up. And, uh, and so this is where we kind of get the overview yeah, of the, the parallel stories of Van Helsing with Lucy as a patient to discover what's wrong mm-hmm. while Dracula has lost Mina again. She's now headed back to, back to Romania, yeah. um, of all places, and now he's in London without her. And I mean, he like you know weeps tears onto the letter, and it's you know they splash purple. I mean, he is he's you feel bad for him. He's such a romantic yeah. figure, and he just there's one person that he's waited forever for, and he just can't. It's like it's it's not intended to be. It's just not yeah. meant to be. So while while all that is going on, uh, back at Lucy's, so you know I think mm-hmm. before Dracula had kind of realized what was going on with Mina, so he's stalking the grounds again. We get those same school camera shots. Yeah. Uh, Van Helsing and uh, and the three bros, yeah, are kind of <laughs> are kind of t- taking care of of Lucy. They decide they need to do a uh, a blood transfusion with right. Homewood. She needs new blood. Yeah. Something something is up with her blood. Right. And Van Helsing sees the bite marks, and he and his wheels kind of start turning here, like what's what's going on. So, um, the uh, they put some garlic around her neck. Lucy gets angry. I can't oh. breathe. Yeah, I can't breathe. She lures Morris in. She almost bites him. Right. Yeah. There. She was. She's ready to vamp out. Yeah, she is. Um, yeah, and. She, uh, let's see, Van Helsing sees the fangs and he whispers, Nosferatu. Yeah, he's, he's, so, so he's, the jig is up. Yeah. 
and you kind of get some insight on his background as well. So he he is aware of these things called vampires. Right. Um, the the candles get blown out. Um, <laughs> Seward leaves with Van Helsing because Van Helsing's hungry. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we He's must hungry. Feast. We must feast. Yeah. So he and Seward leave despite the fact that they know Lucy's in danger. Right. So yeah, half it was of a the little, party leaves. Little head scratcher here. Yeah, half the party leaves, leaving only Morris and Holmwood, who's already out of it because of this right. dr- blood transfusion, to, right. to protect Lucy. Uh, the wolf Dracula comes back, stalks the grounds, <laughs> brutally kills a servant. Oh, yeah. Around. Yeah, it's very, it, this is very, like, Sam Raimi-esque. Yes, yes. Like, just very quick cuts, and, yeah, it, it, Evil Dead, Spider-Man 2, it was very much that style yeah. of filmmaking, in essence, here. Yeah. Uh, and Dracula's, he, he he is beyond himself at this point because he is aware that Mina has left. It, we kind of get some some uh, juxtaposed shots between the marriage in Romania between yeah. Harker and Mina and Dracula <laughs> stalk, stalking the grounds. Where Keanu and Winona actually got married unwittingly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I read that as well, that yeah. it was so authentic that they may have been legally married. <laughs> yeah, they're... they're, they're they are they're church married. They're not oh, yes. turning your papers into the courthouse married. Yes, <laughs> and they're and they're both cool and they're both cool with it, which I think is so cool. Like even to this day, they're like, like I, I read that like she'll, like she'll call him whatever and just be like, hey husband, and they're both just like it happened. We're not like legally married, but yeah, yeah. we were married we, in the eyes of God. We were married in a church in front of a real, you know, a real religious mm-hmm. figure. So yeah, I guess we're husband and wife now. And I think their personalities probably could handle that. Like, I could see other Hollywood people just denying that. But I'm like, these two are both just eccentric enough that I think they're like, yeah, this is part of what happened. It's mm-hmm. fine. So Dracula is, he's hes just, he's frustrated. He's angry. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's lovelorn. And he he knocks out Morris, takes out Holmwood, and, and he attacks Lucy. Mm-hmm. And, and he, he has not fully turned her before. No. And now... Now he does, and he's mad, and we get a blo- we get, we get a blood flood. We got yes, a, a uh, yes. We get a shining esque Evil yes. Dead two esque blood flood. Right. In we Lucy's get a room. we get a Johnny Depp's bed in Nightmare at Elm Street yes. level blood flood here, um, for sure. And, and but like you said, he he had he hasn't fully turned Lucy, but he's given her enough that she's growing into a vampire. But here yeah. he just he kills her. Like you're yeah. done. Um, I, I've made you the full undead now. Uh, and so she's, you know, porcelain white. He's drained. Well, we saw the blood flood. He's drained the blood from her. Um, she's a goner. (laughs) Yeah. I'll say that before we move on to the next scene, because again, we're we're juxtaposing the shots between Romania and London. So the blood flood's going on and it cuts to Mina and and Harker sharing what could, what could be one of the most awkward open mouth kisses I've ever seen on camera. Yeah, it looks like it looks like like if you were if you were like holding a dog dish at like a 90 degree (laughs) angle and like lapping at the at at the water from the dog dish. It looked like they were lapping at each other. (laughs) Yes, to be fair, he's never kissed someone before. That's true. Well, no, 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 no. They kissed on the bench before he left right in front of the peacock. Yeah. (laughs) But but, I mean, they've never they've never kissed each other without a peacock around. Right. Yeah, he's so, never he's never kissed anybody as a husband. 
So. Yeah. <laughs> where's my Where's my comfort peacock? <laughs> right. <laughs> People. That's probably why the peacock was there. So Coppola is like, these two do not know how to kiss. We got to cover this up somehow. <laughs> where's my animal companion peacock? <laughs> right. It's just that Keanu was just uncomfortable. Yeah, so he just lapped at her for a while. <laughs> <laughs> you may now lap your bride. Ow, ow, ow. <laughs> so we see Lucy is, as you said, porcelain white in a white dress. She's in a glass casket, and everyone's sad. Yeah. Van Helsing, I don't know if Van Helsing's sad. He's just kind of there. Yeah, he's, Helsing's, he's kind of a jerk. He Van really Helsing. is. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so... <laughs> He, but he's also, I think he's also suspicious that we're not done. He, he's a prag, he's a pragmatist. Yeah, he is very like, much a pragmatist. There's this, no sensitivity. Yeah, it's, this isn't this easy. Like, yeah. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Like he, it's <laughs> very flippant and yeah. what they do to Lucy coming yeah, up. They're, they're at like the, the funeral or wake or what, and they're, they're mourning her in this casket. Right. And he turns to Seward and says, we're going to need surgical knives later. Cause yeah, I just want to cut off her head. Take yeah. We got to You got Right. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah, because he, like, Seward had asked, "Do you need him for embalming purposes?" You know, something, something legit. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I want to cut off her head and pull out her heart. They got her heart. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> Tony Van Helsing. He should be in front of a big, uh, a brick background, like, like, <laughs> like he's doing a stand-up. You the spotlight on him. Stotley, if you've heard this before, <laughs> we need like like the Seinfeld music. It's very Yakov Smirnov. <laughs> oh, that that cheeky Van Helsing, right? And so uh, that's what they do. They, yeah, they go down to her crypt. Yeah, so I'm, I'm assuming it's maybe a day later or so. Right, and yeah, Van Helsing, and then the the three bros. Oh, they down, open they down. open her open her crypt, and it's empty. Yep, she's not there. No, and Vel- I think Van Helsing anticipated that. Like, yeah, she's no Tratu, so, she's but, vampire. But luckily, down the steps she comes with with the child. Um, yeah, you know, she's re- she's gonna feast. She's bringing back her her meal as carry out. Uh, <laughs> literal literal carry out. <laughs> she she ordered she ordered in. Um, and so she goes. I, I think DoorDash <laughs> must have delivered that kid. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and so they, you know, she bring. And it's just, it's of this whole scene. The part that probably bothered me the most was when she gets to she gets to the foot of the stairs of the crypt and she sees them all in there and then just drops the child. She drops the kid. Yeah, yeah. I was a little weirded up by it's that just, too. You and I are both dads, and and I'm like, whoa, right? You know, just, drop the kid and just thud. Like you hear yeah. the kid thud on the ground. Just drops the child. Um, you know, and, and then there it's, you know, it's, it's time. Like she kind of vamps out a little bit. Uh, they don't really know what to do. Van Helsing steps in and, and just this very cool reverse shot of her crawling back into her crypt, um, back into her tomb as he's yeah, holding, he, he's holding a big cross, he's holding a cross to her and he, you know, and he's spouting out, you know, the power of Christ compels you and all the yeah. things that one would spout. And she does. It's just it was really cool. Just reverse film of of her crawling back into the crypt. It's very creepy looking. Um, in which they then he you know he hands a stake to to to, to uh, uh, Homewood. 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 And, yeah. You know, a moment of courage and it, and drives a stake into her heart and into into his fiance's heart and then lops her head off. 
Yeah. And we get another great cut to scene. Oh, I love it. I love we, it. We cut to the Lucy's bloody head flying through the air right. to a big juicy roast. Right. Yeah. <laughs> as Van Helsing, Mina, and Harker, the three of them are at dinner together. Another uh another scene of Van Helsing just I'm hungry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta eat. And he, yeah, and and he's just he's he's eating. Yeah, he's, he's eating that. It. He's eating that meat. You know, it, it's like, it's like, it's like a hungry man, like a stereotypical hungry man at Ponderosa. Oh yeah, like very much so. Yeah, <laughs> he went to the, the, the old, the old, yeah, the old ninety sixer sitting in front yeah. of him. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, uh, I think he got a free T shirt when he was I done. Think he did. He finished. He he, he got the gristle. <laughs> yeah, I ain't the last bite. <laughs> <laughs> and so. Uh, you know, Mina asks him, you know, what, what happened to Lucy? And he's like, I chopped off her head. <laughs> like, yeah. Just very flippant, you know, and then Keanu Reeves, Keanu Reeves, doctor. <laughs> I don't, which by the way, I don't think we've talked about, and we don't have to go on this long, but like, uh, the Keanu Reeves' accent in this movie. Oh, oh. <laughs> what, what accent? Like, yes, you can't place it folks. It's not no, of any, it's... <laughs> It's not of any historical nor geographical significance. It's yes, just there's no there's no origin to his accent. It's Keanu, try your best. Yes, but like even uh, Coppola said, you know, basically he wanted a young, hot actor, somebody mm. who's you know who's who would be in Teen Beat magazine at the time uh, for this role, and it was Keanu Reeves. So here you yeah. go. Um, I don't. He I did, wasn't asking much of him. I did also read that Johnny Depp. Was yeah. kind of Coppola's preferred choice for the role, but the the studio, you know, kind of insisted on on Keanu Reeves. Yeah, I, I read and I think that and too. I think and Reeves seems to kind of uh, regret taking the role because he was kind of burned out. Yeah, I saw that too. That he had shot a lot of things um, in between of accepting this role and actually the start of filming. He had worked a lot in between and was just really burnt out. I imagine Point Break took a lot out of him. I mean, that, that <laughs> right, yeah. surfing and football yeah. throwing. Well, yeah, I, Johnny Utah. I, I've I've never been an FBI agent, but I can assume pulling double duty and trying to keep up with the acting chops of a of a Patrick Swayze would be very difficult to do. <laughs> I, I'm getting tired and exhausted just listening to it. <laughs> right. So, but yeah, they didn't ask much of Keanu and he delivered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they set a low bar and that's what he, that's what he brought I, to the table. I got you covered. Don't you yeah. worry. And Winona Ryder's accent is not much better either. Well, and I heard too, I read too, um, that she was surprised to even be offered this role. Originally, she was offered the role in Godfather 3 of Sofia Coppola's role. Mm -hmm. But she also had shot a bunch of stuff in the meantime, mermaids and other things, where she was just exhausted. And so um, she left the set, and when Coppola reached out to her for this, she was really surprised. She thought that I was done working with Francis Ford Coppola. I didn't think Mm -hmm. he was ever going to give me a shot because of of what happened in Godfather 3. And I think after Godfather 3 came out, Francis Ford Coppola probably watched the movie and thought, yeah, I shouldn't have shouldn't have had my daughter. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't have yeah, used her. Yeah, I uh, crapped the bed on this one. Um, and so, but I was, I mean, and they were fine. Really, you know, this, this movie is not about Mina and Jonathan Harker. This no. movie is about um, Gary Oldman as Dracula and mm-hmm. really Van Helsing as Hopkins and who can over... I don't say overact the most, but who can bring the most to their role? Um, 
And so these, they're just, they're pawns in this, in this movie of getting the plot going forward. Yeah. And it works. I mean, that's really all they are in the novel as well yeah. is, is they're there to, to set the stage for the romantic triangle. So while they're having dinner, Harker kind of reveals, oh, I, I know the property that he bought. Mm-hmm. So I know where we can probably find him. Yeah. And so Harker, Van Helsing, and the three bros prepare, and, and Mina, yeah. prepare to assault Dracula at the, the Carfax Abbey property. Uh, let's see. Seward takes uh, Mina to his asylum because he has quarters there. Mm-hmm. You know, stay here, be safe, and then we'll leave you alone because nothing yeah. bad can happen. Totally now. fine. Mm-hmm. You'll be totally fine in my chambers of the asylum. Uh, Renfield, of all people, kind of warns her about what's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, jumping ahead a little bit, Dracula catches wind of that, and yep, he takes care of Renfield. Yeah, yeah. You and, don't rat me out. No, and another like cool like you got this green mist mm-hmm. that's all practical. Um, you know, it's just really cool watching it. You know, it's Dracula taking yet another form. Yeah, yeah. Because when when the Bros and Harker. And, and Van Helsing get to Carfax Abbey and they're going to basically destroy all these boxes, destroy the dirt. We've got, you know, yeah. um, Dracula's there. You know, he's perched in bat form up above. Um, and so he's, so he's, he's, because he's in his residence, it's like he's fine because, you know, it's, it's his home away from home. And so he's there watching them do all this. And like you said, that is when he, shifts into a gaseous form and heads over and takes care of Renfield. And then I'll let you go on with here with me. So I always wondered, why did they decide to do that at night? Like, cause they're, idi- sh- cause they're idiots. I mean, they <laughs> really, I mean, you're, you're <laughs> right though. Like why would you Van Helsing? Van Helsing had a full belly. Right. Apparently he could only work with a full stomach. So right. I got a but belly right. full of like, meat. Let's go yeah. hunt a vampire. Yeah. The, the choice of let's, you know, because Van Helsing knows enough about vampires. So maybe it just didn't, I mean, maybe he didn't know all that, you know, like. He's also super cocky and full of hubris, too. True. So. That's true. That's true. So they, they approach, yeah, the property and they, they, as you said, you know, they exercise the dirt. This green mist kind of escapes. You know, he takes out Renfield for, for uh, kind of, you know, ratting him out to Mina. Mm-hmm. And then this green mist seeps into Seward's quarters where Mina is is resting in the bed. Uh, the mist kind of comes under the covers up to her. It's very sensual. Yeah, very erotic. Um, yes. And he he materializes. And they talk and kiss. And you, you found me, my love. And she's fully committed to him. At oh, point. absolutely. That's what I was going to say. Is She is... Uh, she's now... She's now been in the presence of both loves enough mm-hmm. to know what she wants, and she wants yeah. Dracula. Uh, and and he's still reluctant to turn himself over because he knows what she must become so right. that, for them to truly be together. He admits he's Dracula. She she at first gets mad because she knows that Dracula murdered Lucy, mm-hmm. but but then she eventually gives in. He bites her, and then he has her drink his blood. Right. And, and she's she's turned. She is now becoming him. Right. Uh, the men then burst in, and we get a couple of great little yes. shots here. Yes. They burst in, and you see Mina appearing to kind of be, like, making out with no one on the bed. Yeah. And then Dracula in his bat, his bat humanoid form, like, just drops down from the ceiling. Right. And he's just <laughs> gigantic. Like, yeah. 
you know, the, the camera angle is, I mean, he's towering over these guys. Uh, like he backs into a shadow and then, and then turns into like, like a, like a, a big army of rats to escape. Right. Yeah. It reminded me a lot. There's a, there's an eighties movie called the gate with a very young Steven Dorff, um, where they basically, they play rock music backwards and it unlocks the gate to hell. Uh, but there's a, it's, believe it or not, it's actually like a great horror movie for kids that can stomach something really scary because it's, uh, it's very kid driven, et cetera, et cetera. But there's a scene in this where, um, they're like one of the parents that's supposed to, it's, it's just like, there's an adult that's dead that they believe is back to life. And he just turns into these little monsters and the same kind of thing of it's, a humanoid human shaped, but then just like breaks into these pieces. And it's just, that's what it reminded me of. It was just mm -hmm. a really cool shot. Coppola yeah. did it better, but the other one was all stop motion, which is still really cool. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it, it was just like you said, backs into the shadows. You still see his red eyes. And then yeah. when they, when they bring the lantern over, he just, he's it's just cla rats. collapses into dozens of rats. Yeah. Right. So we're now fully into the third act here, folks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and it's a fast paced one. Yes, yeah, Dracula escapes. Um, I'll kind of pick up the pace here a little bit as well with the plot. Uh, Van Helsing hypnotizes Mina because they have this, she has this psychic connection with, with Dracula. Right. So they're able to kind of pick that he's he's in the water. So he's he's back on the boat, sailing back to Transylvania. So they get on a train to try to beat him there. And you get this fun kind of cat and mouse Right, it's a game. race. Yeah. As he's trying to race back to his castle where he's safe, safest and, and most deadly. And they're trying to cut him off at ports. We right. get some more great, uh, you know, uh, like miniature sequences and, and sets. Over, you know, uh, over like like map paths, you know, mm -hmm. tracing out. and Yeah, the guys think, hey, we can go by train and be there in three days. It's going to take him a week to get there. Yeah. And so far the plan's flawless until they realize he's shifted because he and Mina have a connection. So everything she knows, he knows. So he's onto it. So he goes landbound, and his gypsies pick him up, and and so uh, you know they're it's a race back to the castle. And so they they decide Mina's going to go with Van Helsing, mm -hmm. and as a decoy, uh, yeah. and and that the guys are all going to be on horseback, and they're going to chase down the gypsy uh, the gypsy caravan that's got his his uh, his earth. I won't say his coffin, but he's yeah. in a box of earth. Um, and we get the the brides again as mm -hmm. as Abraham or Abraham as Van Helsing and and Mina take camp. Um, she kind of vamps out a little bit, seduces him, mm -hmm. and then the the brides attack. Well, yeah. Van Helsing snaps out of it enough and circles them in a or, you know protects them in a circle of flames. So the brides just take the horses out. Yeah, uh, you know, he, and, he yeah he protects himself from Mina. Yeah. By shoving a, a like a communion wafer into her forehead, so it, right. it kind of burns and, le and leaves a scar on her forehead. Uh, it, it, again, we're racing back to the castle at this point. Um, the uh, the bros and Harker are on horseback. They're they're chasing after uh, after the carriage. They're right. literally they're literally outside the castle. We get a, a great sequence. Like it's just. Like even like the the cinematography here and how oh, they colored I, everything, yeah, it's just like these like deep red colors, like the uh -huh. landscape, uh, like the the earth, the you know the the trees, uh, the, the sky. It just has this this eerie, just kind of like burnt red 
coloring right. to everything. Right. Some gr- great music playing underneath it just to kind of add to the urgency of the scene. Yeah. And we find out Van Helsing and Mina are actually at Castle Dracula mm-hmm. already. Um, so, you know, once once Dracula gets the vibe that he's kind of losing a little bit, mm-hmm. all the gypsies are getting taken out, you know, that they're not holding their own. Um, he's, you know, he telepathically sends to Mina, who then she summons the weather, you know, like she yeah. she's vamp now. So she's summoned all the weather to aid in the in the approach. She lights the, the blue flames that we talked about earlier. Um, and, and then, the, you know, the the race ends back at the castle yeah it's really like it's it's not only a race between it's it's you know you've got dracula racing the bros but then they're all racing the sunset um you know so we see that you know imposed a lot too spliced in of you know the time lapse of of the sun setting uh, you know during all this as well so they're in the castle grounds. Harker jumps up on on the box that Dracula's in and tries to bust in, but the sun sets, and instead Dracula busts out of the box. Right. In a very very cool little sequence. There. Right. It was. It was just this very Jack in the Box like, you know, he pops up and but not before he can get a slice of his neck. Yeah. Uh, Morris uh, stabs Dracula in the chest with a sword. Um, Dracula knocks him away. Morris gets stabbed by one of the gypsies too, so mm-hmm. he's hurt. He's bleeding. He's yeah, Quin- I think Quincy was shot, or he was stabbed in the back too. So mm-hmm. I mean, there there definitely wasn't you know a lack of casualties on their side either. Yeah, they're about to to try to finish Dracula off, and Mina puts herself between them, between between Van Helsing, between the Bros, between Harker and Dracula, and um. Harker says, our work's done. Yeah. But hers is just, hers has just begun. Right. So they let her drag him back into the castle, mortally wounded. Yes. Uh, Quincy Morris then dies. Yeah. He, he, he succumbs to his wounds from the gypsies and, and kind of getting knocked around by Dracula. And then uh, Van Helsing says, we've all become God's madmen. That's the last we see of, uh, of the bros. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, Van Helsing and Harker. So we get to our final sequence here. Inside the castle, we've come for full circle. They're back in Dracula's chapel. And Dracula's dying. Where's my God? He's forsaken me. Mina cries. She kisses him, despite the fact that he's kind of... Gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, literally, I literally typed into my notes, ew. Yeah. It's very, <laughs> I mean, it's very I, gross. Yeah. I mean, I get that she's in love with him, but like, yeah. ew. Ew. Yeah. But, yeah, it's gross. Our love is stronger than death. A light comes in through the window, lights his face up back to Gary Oldman's face, and mm-hmm. she uh, she runs the sword completely through him, chops off his head. She kisses the corpse. Uh, her forehead is healed from the yeah. from the wafer, so she is free yeah. of his influence, which is uh, good. And then we uh, the camera pans up to a stained glass window of Dracula and Elizabeth, and it lights up, and they're together again. Assumedly, assumed in heaven. Right. So happy ending. Ish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, for kind of all pieces involved. I mean, mm-hmm. even Dracula, the tortured soul that he was. You know, if if he's where he should be, I suppose. Yeah. The afterlife again. 
because he's been dead, but you know what I mean. And then credits roll, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Mm-hmm. And that, folks, is Bram Stoker's Dracula, 1992, Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah. And it, you know, especially when you look at something like, like this movie and then Jurassic Park, which came out the next year, this movie doesn't feel like a 90s movie. Um, no, you know, it has, which, a, has more of a t- timeless feel to it. Which, which is what I'm sure Coppola was intending to do. Uh, you know, when he, when he decides to show up, like, the dude's got chops. Yeah. You know, the Godfather, especially the first two, the third one is, it's not awful, but compared to the other two, it's not yeah. the same. But you've got, you know, you've got the Godfather movies, you've got this, um, you know, Apocalypse Now. Like, when he decides to show up, I mean, there's, he's he's essential, you mm-hmm. know, and then you've got Jack with Robin Williams. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, know, um, you know, so, but it's, it, and this is one of those where he decided to show up. This yeah. wasn't a paycheck movie for him. This was a passion project, uh, and it and he he knocked it out of the park, in my opinion. Yeah, he did. So, Oz, let's give this movie a rating. Every week, Oz and I rate the movie that we have watched and reviewed with our own unique rating that has no meaning whatsoever. Nope, Oz, not at all. Oz, how would you rate Bram Stoker's Dracula? All three Brides of Dracula. All three? All three of them. And, and what a three they are. If, if I were a Jonathan Harker, and I'm not, I'm a happily married man, but if I were in the position of Jonathan Harker, um, I don't know if I'd have been in such a rush to get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I've got The Three Brides of Dracula or Lydia Dietz. Which one, <laughs> which hmm. one do I want? Um, but that's my rating. How about you? Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, let's say, 80, 87 severed lucy heads <laughs> fair enough so she did a great job too she really did play into that character yeah yeah sadie frost is the yeah. actress who was married to jude law for several years oh didn't know that oh okay. yeah i did i did i just didn't put two and two together yeah so we uh this brings us to our finale segment folks the three two one where oz and i share our three goods two bads and one huh from the film that we just watched and discussed oz you want to kick things off with your three goods yeah, my first good comes very early in the movie. Love that prologue. Um, <laughs> that prologue opening scene from 400 years ago. Just not only the the setting the stage of the story, but the way it was filmed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just the, the silhouette of, against the red background and the battle. Just the sheer romance of all of it. Uh, even the, you know, the very obvious but yet underlying... Um, you know, religious tones to it. Uh, yeah. Just the whole prologue, it, it was quick, it was beautiful, and it, it made sense, like, going into the story, how he became who he is. Uh, I love that prologue. My second one, and this is uh, from a film lover standpoint, is the blending of the quality of the effects. Um, mm. So many of the effects in this movie are just so wonderfully done. The Rear projection of Dracula's shadows, the physical transformations, whether it be the werewolf form or the old man form or the bat form or whatever, you know. So clearly, um, the budget and technical know-how of the of the effects was there, um, mm-hmm. which made I, which made me really love the choice of the low budget effects. The the uh, the, fi- the superimposed eyes over the sky, 
the the editing choice of like and it happened on more than one occasion of the zooming in on a circular object to then transition into another circular object whether yeah. it be the the eye of a peacock feather into the you know, the exit of the train or mm-hmm. the sun you know so um just though you know reversing the playback of the film uh and so because there was the technical know-how of the of the better effect shots i really appreciated the um just kind of the really age old like golden age of hollywood choice because back then they didn't have the practical effects ability um and so they really had to do a lot of camera trickery and film work uh and Coppola did both of those in this film. And I, I just, I loved it. I loved all of it. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, especially, you know, when Harker's in the carriage and you see Dracula's eyes over, over the landscape. And it's like, that's so easy to do. But because it's so easy to do, nobody does it anymore. Like, there's always this, this trying to escalate what we can do with our effects budget. That sometimes the subtlety and the easy approach is more effective. And my yeah. third one is just kind of piggyback on it. The editing. This film yeah. has a style, uh, and that style is is created w- because Coppola had a vision for what he wanted, and between him filming it and it being edited in the way he wanted it, it's, it's what brought it all together. If either one of those pieces doesn't work, the, the movie doesn't have as much of a stylistic feel. Um, so it just gives, with him being the producer and the director, you could tell that he had his hands in every piece of this. And it really was his movie. You easily yeah. could have called this Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula, and, <laughs> and it would have been it would have been just as effective. How about you? Well, again, what are your three well again, like you know, the aggressiveness and boldness. Just kind of finishing mm-hmm. that thought there. You know, it, like those are the styles. And I know some some people knock this movie for that, but right. again, he he dives in like reckless abandon, and right. and it and I think for us it works. Yeah, and and you know, and just to to, to quick aside, um, I. I, this movie works for me the same way that Baz Luhrmann's Romeo plus Juliet works. It's, you know, he told the story the way he wanted to tell it. And, and yeah, you either take it or you leave it. But I don't think anybody can, de- even if you don't like this movie, I don't think you can deny that it's a bad movie. Yeah. It just didn't work for you. I mean, I don't think anybody could watch this and be like, oh, the effects are awful or the acting is awful. Um you know, and and so you know that's what it is for me. How about you? So my three goods. Uh, we have the, those first person shots. Uh, what when he's he's kind of a predator mm-hmm. uh, towards the other characters. Uh, you know, whether he's in kind of the the wolf hybrid form or the bat hybrid form, but just those those predator sequences that uh, it just show like how, what he is and who he is and how he perceives the world. And just how eerie it is. Like I won't get into the technical parts of it, like like you shared earlier, but um, it's just it lends itself to to his character and just what he is. Uh, my second good is the bros. I, I love the I love the just this this genuine sense of camaraderie that these three have. They very much could be rivals for the affection oh, of of Lucy, right. and eventually, you know, she she chose Homewood, but you know, Morris and Seward stuck around. Right. I would, and I would think just as much for her as it, as it was for the others. You know, they right. they enjoyed being together. They helped each other out. They they mourned the loss when one of them died. Um, it was just it was a cool kind of brotherhood that they formed together. Yeah. 
And then the last one, uh, kind of on the other side of the end from your prologue, the la- I'd say the last 20 minutes, like the conclusion of the third act, this the pacing, it's just, it ramps up and you're just, you're literally and figuratively along for the ride for the, for mm-hmm. the last 20 minutes when the cat and mouse back and forth, they're tracking them from London to uh, the Transylvania, the, you know, the sequence riding up to the castle once they get there. But it's just, what a, what a finish to this movie. Good. I like it. Yeah. So, Oz, what are your two bads? What were two things about Bram Stoker's uh, Dracula that maybe, you no, know, didn't sit well? Uh, Keanu Reeves' performance. Um, <laughs> it, it just, he's a fine actor. Even at this stage of his career in the early mm-hmm. 90s, he was, he was a fine actor. I mean, he, he's getting roles. Um, he's a handsome enough guy. Uh, you know, by this point, we've had Bill and Ted. Um, you know, he was in Parenthood with Steve Martin. Uh, he played a lesser role there, but he was there, you know, so he's been around, um, but it's just such a, such a wooden performance. Um, not a lot of depth and, and really it, I think a lot of it's because Hollywood hasn't yet found the right roles for him. Mm. Um, he was, you know, he excels in John wick, but it's such a physical role. There's not a lot of, you know, like acting depth to it yeah um you know he was i thought he was great in speed but the same thing just not a lot of depth to the character we need you to be an action hero Mm -hmm. um but this required him to act a little more than i think he was ready for and he he was fine like um you know he served his place in the plot and i get why he was there he didn't destroy any part of the movie for me yeah um but he just he didn't bring anything extra to that role either so luckily, though, everything that he lacked in his acting, uh, Anthony Hopkins brought it plus. So <laughs> it all it all evened out at the end. Yeah. Uh, and, and my second one is it two hours and seven minute runtime. And unlike last week, where the pacing was all over the place and just wrong for history mm-hmm. of the world, part one, there were there were parts of this movie that felt very long for the runtime. Um and it isn't that any scenes weren't necessary, but just how they were shot. Sometimes the the pause between lines for dramatic effect. Um, I and I'm not saying you know shortening things up would have saved a ton of runtime, um, but like I told you, I I mean I fell asleep 45 minutes into it last night, not willingly. Like I mm-hmm. was on board. I'm watching this, and and I and I just. I did. I just dozed off because there were some parts that just, you know, like even Lucy's storyline integral to the plot, but it, I mean, it was, it was the long drawn out piece that yes, we found, you know, we found the golden threads of, we got the, the bromance out of it. Um, we introduction of Van Helsing, but it just, you know, it, it was just, there were parts of it that just felt very long. Um, and they were probably deliberate. You know, Apocalypse sure. Now is not a short movie. The Godfather movies certainly are not short movies. Um, but I was surprised to see that this movie is only two hours and seven minutes long. <laughs> like, yeah, it just felt it felt longer at times. So those are my two. How about you? Sure, my two bads. One you just kind of mentioned a little bit, and that was Anthony Hopkins overacting. Mm. Like I get, you know, the Van Helsing character is supposed to be very big and bold yeah. and, 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 and arrogant and confident, but like he, I think almost leaned into it too much. Yeah. And it, I don't know. It just, it was distracting to me how, how, how much he was kind of chewing the scenes and 
almost took away from the other actors' performances. Especially if they were there. You yeah. Know, like, well, it's like, I mean, like when he, when I would say, you know, his biggest is when he beheaded the three brides and tossed their heads off, off the bridge. It was just him there. So when yeah. he's yelling to the gods or whatever, you know, okay. But, but there was no one to overshadow in that scene. But you're right. When he's there with anybody else in the scene, um, it's the Anthony Hopkins show. Mm-hmm. And my other bad, um, it's it, you. I'm actually, uh, it's a nice little segue you gave me there. There's not really. You could argue there's no hero in this movie. Not that it needs one. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm being a little nitpicky here. But like, there's the three bros, but they're not main characters. Mm-hmm. Harker's just a he's just a weenie. Yeah, a, cl- a clueless weenie. And Van Helsing, I would argue he's not a good guy. There's a lot of no. parallels between his character and Dracula. Uh, oh, he, yeah. in, he, in a lot of ways, is just as much a predator as Dracula is. And that scene you just mentioned where he beheads the three brides and he's holding them up by their hair and there's just blood all over him. He doesn't care. Like, he's, no. he he enjoyed what he just did. Right. And Well, and I not, think... You go ahead. It's not that it didn't have to be done, but... Yeah. Yet he took a lot of pleasure in, in he, that act. And you just wonder if that was part of Coppola's intention when he cast him as the religious figure in the prologue as well. That mm-hmm. that even though they're obviously not the same, he's not playing the same character that Gary Oldman was playing, but that in some ways their characters have a lot more in common you know, than we mm-hmm. take for. And so seeing them, seeing Hopkins physically in two places in the same movie, despite it being yeah. two characters, you know, there could just be this kind of, I wonder if anybody's going to pick up on the fact that he's just as evil as Dracula. Yeah. Only, only without the romantic intention. Mm-hmm. All right. Those are my bads. Otis, what's your one, huh? Uh, my huh this week is more of a, is more of a wow. Um, we had touched on it a couple different times, but with the exception of the blue, f- the blue f- flame rings, emanating just outside of Dracula's castle. Every other effect in this film was done on set or in camera or in editing or whatever. Nothing was added digitally except for those blue flame rings. Everything else was done there, which is really impressive when you consider that when you look at Coppola's filmography, this probably is... I haven't seen all of his films, but this is probably the most effects laden movie that mm-hmm. he's done. And so he's not, he's not a, a director that's known for the effects in his movies, but man, there were great effects in this movies and the challenge that he put forth, if they're all going to be practical, like I don't, I don't want to include anything else in post that I don't have to. And those blue flame rings, and when you think about it, it makes sense. I mean, you're not going to have a carriage drive through <laughs> through yeah. flames, uh, you know, and, and it would be impossible to get those flame rings to do that anyway that I know of. I'm not a scientist by any means, but, but that's more like a wow. Like, that was really impressive that everything mm-hmm. was done physically, uh, you know, on set or in camera. How about you? My huh is why was Van Helsing so hungry? <laughs> and why was it always like blood led too like, yeah <laughs> and it's like they just got done like you know like tr- treating lucy and they know that dracula is like out there hunting for her and he's like you know what seward let's go get it let's go get something to eat. i'm hungry right yeah let's do it yeah and, and then you know 
Yeah, and then la- and then later on, you know, it's like him and you know, what was it um, Harker and Mina, Mina, and he's got this big old piece of bloody meat in front of him, and he's and just nom 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 nom. And like, and he had just you know the scene before beheaded Lucy. Yeah, you know, and it's like so, it and if and it just raises too that he's a doctor with no moral compass. I mean, no. you know, you've got you know your supposedly you know your 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 vision in, in medical science is, you know, you help the patient, treat the patient, save the patient, et cetera. But for him, it's... He's My belly's no, empty. Yeah, he's, he's got no qualms in any no. action that he does. He does no. try to save Lucy. Like, I'm not saying he's not trying to help, but he's quick. He'd be... He would have no problem with, with you know, talking patients into a DNR. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'm going to try it, but you're probably not coming out of this. So, And I'm probably you know. going to be hungry later, so... <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, I can see that. Like, he is. He's a hungry dude. <laughs> All right. Well, that was Bram Stoker's Dracula. Uh, you want to you wanna take us out, give the viewers, yeah, uh, let them know sure. where we are? Yeah. So, uh, you know, kicking off the first week of February here, you're going to see, you know, three more romance movies come out of it. Uh, of course, you know what to do at this point. Like, subscribe, comment, review, all those things. You can find us on social media. We'll share all the links below um, in the description as well. Uh, you know, if you're watching on YouTube, otherwise you'll catch us on whatever podcast or Facebook you find us on. Tell your friends. We would love to have more listeners and viewers if, you know, if possible. I'm sure it's possible. There's 7 billion people on the planet, and I don't think we're hitting 20 likes or views yet. So I think it's possible to have more people enjoy it. Um, but other than that, you know, it's pretty straightforward. You know, we're a few months into this, so we know, I think we know what we're doing. We found our flow. We like what we're doing. We hope you like it too. Next week, you need to come back because we are going a different direction with romance. We're going more of a, your stereotypical romances. We're going to be covering, um, I think it's 92 as well. Same, same year. Yeah, same two movies, year. From, two romance yeah, movies from the same we're, year. We're covering year of- the... <laughs> 92 the year the year of love the year of love it's a month of february it's a year of february's uh we're covering the kevin costner whitney houston classic the bodyguard uh, a movie which i watched for the first time prior uh to taking notes for the podcast i had not seen it before uh jenny and i watched it and i i enjoyed it i did i i didn't mind it um uh, killer soundtrack. I think the soundtrack has definitely stood the test of time longer than the movie has, but it definitely was a, a feather in the cap of, of a Mr. Kevin Costner as yes. he's worked his way into uh, superstar status of that era. Uh, so that's what we're covering next week. If, if Bram Stoker's Dracula was not for you in the romance department, there's a really good chance that the bodyguard will be. So mm-hmm. make sure you come and join us for that one next week. Uh, you got anything to send us off with? No, just looking forward to next week and this month. Yeah. So sounds good. We got a lot of fun stuff coming up. Hopefully you guys check out with us each week, and we will catch you next week as well. I'm saying week a lot, but that's okay. Uh, for, For Let's Talk About Flicks, I'm Oz. I'm Curtis. And we will catch you next week. There's one more. I want to make sure I got one in. All right. Thanks, guys.